Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of Into the Fogcast. Today we're going to be talking about Bubba. Bubba, very interesting killer. I do really like him. Um, yeah, so he's got a chainsaw and he also hits a lot with his hammer. I do think he's a very good killer and some perks I recommend worth running are bamboozle, barbecue, ruin, but we'll get into that in a moment. So let's say hello to our co-host. Hey everyone, it's me, Tofa. Hey Tofa. So, Bobba. Um when I whenever I run with Bobba, um, I always try and take at least bamboozle, barbecue, and majority of the time I'll take Franklin's. But what would you run on him? I don't, I've not really played a lot of Bubba. He's just a, another killer with a chainsaw to me. But um, I would always take Bamboozle because I played enough against Bubba's to know that Windows totally ruin him. Um, barbecue just for the aura reading and the blood points is really nice. Tinkerer to get the um, knowledge of what gems are being done and you can just walk straight up to it all silent rev your chainsaw and get some hopefully some easy downs and ah, that undetectable status yeah and pop just as a filler perk really for some extra gen regression tinkerer pops you go over there you get your hook you go back to that gen and you pop it and then you can get another tinkerer pop off of it hopefully and just repeat the cycle see i i, I think save the best for last would be a good option because like if you're chasing someone around a, a window you know, more than likely you're going to be hammering them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like I said, well, like you said, windows are bad for him. Yeah. So, you know, bamboozle a window, especially if you're in an LT wall, and then just hit them and save the best for last. Yeah, if you're playing as Bubba, you kind of need to know when you should M1 and just let them get that extra bit of distance after. Yeah. But I mean, Tinker is not a bad idea. Ruin's not a bad idea. But yeah, definitely bamboozle and barbecue. You've got your other perks that go well with Bubba as well, like your Iron Grasp, Agitation, Insidious. They're probably his best perks. So maps do play an important part in Bubba as well because you want to try and get like open maps, really, mm-hmm. where there's not too many windows too close together. Uh, Shelter Woods is a pretty good one, or even uh, any of the Coldwind Farm maps. I do particularly like them. I'd even say maybe Gideon Meat Plant too. Yeah, that would work. There may be a lot of pallets on there, but his chainsaw just eats straight through them anyway. Exactly. Chainsaws are not a problem for the pallets. Just like when you're playing with the demo, you know, they can shred through pallets just like just like Bubba can. So. Mm-hmm. Um, you're anti-pallet killers. Yeah. So add-ons then. Um, I recommend the Primer Bulb, and that decreases the recharge time. Um and maybe any of the chili ones that will increase the duration of the chainsaw dash mm-hmm. and the chainsaw dash window as well. Any other worth taking? Um, if you've got um, a sort of good handle on Bubba and you've timed his um, chainsaw charging well around loops, you might want to take uh, the beast marks as well. That takes the chainsaw a little bit longer to charge up. So once you're used to the timing the first time, you can just start it up a little bit sooner. But it makes your, um, I think it's the one that makes your movement speed a bit faster while you're chainsaw sweeping around so you can get that bit of distance through the loop a bit quicker, through the pallet. Yeah. It, can, it will catch a few uh, survivors off guard. Yeah, so you talked about the chainsaw link. That is that is pretty hard to do because, you know, you've got to try and keep an eye on not bumping into something whilst trying to keep an eye on when your gauge is about to empty. Yeah. They're the two, um, they're the two things I have the hardest, uh, hardest time with when I'm playing Bubba chaining my tokens and going around corners because I just just barely clip the edge of a bit of terrain and I go into tantrum mode oh yeah it's a nightmare when you hit them but mm-hmm. you know if you're chasing someone and you they jump into a locker which majority of the time they do yeah it's good to just tantrum into the locker and then just hopefully you can hit them before they they, they don't realize the timing yeah, um, there's not many survivors out there that can actually time the jump out of a locker at the end of a tantrum yeah. and avoid a locker grab. It is really difficult. I think I've done it once that I can remember in my entire DBD career. 
and that's it. I might have done it an extra time, but I can't remember. I only remember the one time. Yeah, I don't even remember one time I've done it, but you know, I don't normally jump into a locker with Bubba anyway. So, so let's talk about let's let's talk the survivor side. Mm-hmm. Um, let's go. Yeah, so Windows are a survivor's best friend. Um, so taking an exhaustion perk against the Bubba is definitely worth it. You know, dead hard or life or sprint burst, just anything that will get you to the windows and just try and lose line of sight. Let yeah again, just try and stay at the windows. Really, mm. any sort of um, information styling perks as well, like Iron Will and um, what's it called? Dance with me as well for when you've vaulted a window and you can just hide those scratch marks if it's a high wall area. Yeah, so obviously Shadow Step as well definitely helps. Oh, yeah, and Shadow Step. But the chances are, if, you know, if you're going to be like lighting through a window or sprint bursting away, you're probably going to be trying to either just loop around the uh, LT walls or jungle gyms and uh, eventually you'll get out of the Shadow Step area. Yeah. But um, there's not really an awful lot to say. Um, just try and make sure that you stay near pallets. If you have to break pallets, you have to break pallets. If you time it right as well, you can actually stun him rather than him actually break the pallet in a chase. Yeah, I'm still unsure on how that is um, executed um, effectively. Like, I've got a, I've got it off a couple of times, but I'm not sure if they have to be so far into the pallet or they, it has to be just before they start their chainsaw sweep or or if they have to be in the hitbox I would it. say they have to be in oh, okay. the pallet. Because I know when you drop the pallet, he vacuums into it, but mm-hmm. if he's already in the pallet, then he's not going to vacuum in to what he's already into. Yeah. Oh, okay. But a lot of a lot of bubbers they do try and stay back when you when they think you're going to drop a pallet. Yeah. But yeah, drop a pallet and just try and vault some of the windows and just try and loop them as much as possible. You're going to end up getting hit eventually. Yeah, and you'll eventually just get downed. Try not to waste too many of the good pallets though. It's it's no use doing that and then there's two three or even on the last gen he's getting a lot more pressure and then suddenly oh no there's no more pallets to use to try and extend a chase because someone's already thrown all of them in the first gen see an interesting tip that i seen when i was watching a uh, comp team and one of the killers was the bubba and he was actually chainsawing from a distance you know closer to the survivors as, as possible so I'm guessing well, he was... must have been using those Beastmark add-ons. Yeah, Beastmark, and I reckon he was using um, the Chili as well. I think the Chili is just the um, the sweeping speed from side to side of the chainsaw. Hold on. The, no, the, he was using... Sorry, he was using the Knight, the Primer Ball, ah. to try and recharge back up as quickly as possible. That would make a good speedy combo. But it's a good way of using Bubba, though. It is. It's a very efficient way to get from point A to point B. Okay, so now that we've talked about Bubba and the survivor side, we will get into the interview. Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of Into The Fogcast podcast. Today we're going to be speaking to another guest. So, guest, first tell us who you are and who you main. Uh, I am John. I go by John Tayumi T-Y-U-M-I on uh, Twitch and I main uh, Leatherface. Nice. Now I do play um, Leatherface sometimes, so I really think he's a good killer. He's got a nice play style. But what do you enjoy playing about this killer? Well, what I first enjoyed about Leatherface when I first started getting into the game was that he was he was very simple to understand. He was he's pretty easy to do well with because um, all you need to do is just, you know, kind of zone them away from a pallet or a window and then use your chainsaw on them and you get the down very quickly. And at the start of the game when I didn't know how to play the game very well and many survivors didn't know how to play the game, well, the ones I was grouped with didn't know how to play the game very well, um, that was a very quick way to get easy downs. And so I did really well with him all the way until like I started to get into, well, pretty much MMR. I, I still do reasonably well with him, but that was what first drew me into him was he was just, he was very easy to do well with. Also, I, I liked the movies. Um, I was a big fan of the Texas Chainsaw movies when I was a kid. He looks really cool in his P3 uh, outfit. One of the killers that they did a good job with, I think. I, I didn't play him before when he was weak. Um, I didn't even start playing the game until at what, well after he was uh, buffed to be much stronger where he is now okay well um thanks for coming by john it's really good to have you here uh let's start with your build if you were playing to win and you wanted to be as efficient as you could what would your go-to perk build be and can you run us through the synergy of the perks and the killer's power well i mean if yeah if, if the goal is just to win as 
quickly as well. I mean, I, that really is dependent on your MMR and the map, but um, yeah, Ruin Undying, and or, sorry, Hex Ruin, Hex Undying, uh, Corrupt Intervention, and uh, either like Tinkerer or Pop Goes the Weasel, you know, that's a pretty standard meta build, right? That's what you'll you'll see at uh, pretty much all those all levels of uh, very high MMR. You're going to be seeing some variation of that. Um, that's not the build that I necessarily run, but that is that's you know just about the most meta build that you can run on pretty much any killer that will do well with well pretty much any killer. Um, the synergy of that build, of course, is you have ruin and undying. So if and if you don't know what ruin does, uh, when you you chase a survivor off of a generator or whenever they leave a generator for, for whatever the reason um and it's not completed it will begin to regress at 200 percent uh progress which is significant um that that's pretty fast um so normal regen regression speeds after you kick it is quite slow but with ruin it, uh it's 200 percent faster which it makes it pretty pretty quick all things considered and it's 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 an easy passive slowdown to where you don't need to like kick the generator and and then it begins to regress. Uh, you don't, you don't have to invest all the time into it. So ruin is of course a very strong perk, and, and we know this less so these days though because um, as of recording this, we're only about two weeks out from the uh, the boon totems, which have made uh, survivors hunt for totems much much harder than ever before. So uh, ruin. It's just a great perk in general. And then you have the synergy of Undying with Ruin, where um, what Undying will do is, well, it has a passive ability where if a survivor walks near a dull totem, you get to see their aura anywhere in the map. And that can be useful for getting your first chase off the ground. Um, but, of course, the, the main function of Undying is that when they destroy your first lit totem, um, Ruin will then uh, spawn where Undying is spawned. It will take. It will now take on the the role of Undying, and Undying is gone from the game. So Ruin and Undying, you know, two very strong hex perks. Uh, very map dependent, though. Extremely map dependent because hex spawns are um, either incredibly easy to find or very difficult, or you know, sometimes just moderately difficult. But for the most part, they're pretty easy to find. And Corrupt Intervention. Why that's so good, especially on Leatherface, is so what Corrupt Intervention does is, when you, when you spawn into the game, the the game will pick three generators that are the first away from you, where you spawned, and it will lock them off so nobody can work on them. Um, and that is a good passive slowdown because it forces the survivors to come into uh, the area that you're currently in, unless they skulk around for two minutes, in which case, you know, there's not much you can really do there. But um, the survivors, their, their playable area when they spawn in is much smaller. So they have to come in and um, that's good for you because if survivors group up and they're close to you as other face, if you get two downs back to back, I mean, it's extraordinarily difficult for survivors to uh, to come back from that kind of pressure. If you can get two people down with like one chainsaw sweep, you've pretty much won. And then finally, like pop goes the weasel. Um, that's just when you hook somebody, you, you now 45 seconds have a, a kick with the next kick that you deliver to a generator will re regress it by 25 percent which is roughly speaking about 20 seconds that a survivor will need to repair the generator again um multiple pop kicks on one generator can easily buy you um a lot of time and uh again those are just kind of good passive slowdowns um and, and you can swap out that last perk just for like i don't know something uh like tinkerer maybe if you don't feel like winning pop or deadlock is also pretty good um, and Tinkerer, what that does is if, if the generator gets 70% your tear radius um, and red stain um, become masked for 16 seconds and the generator that has reached 70% progress has now been revealed to you. So you can go over there and disrupt that. Um, and Deadlock is, is a really solid passive slowdown where uh, after a generator gets done, the generator with the second most progress will get blocked off by the entity, which works out well most of the time but if you're about to go and pop kick a generator and then one gets done and then the one that you're about to pop kick gets deadlocked uh for 30 seconds it you just have to kind of sit there and and wait which is not good for a killer just sit and wait so it, it can have some anti-synergy yeah so it's usually one or the other between deadlock and pop then right well 
No, not necessarily. It depends on the killer that you're playing. Like a high mobility killer, like like Billy, um, can actually benefit from from deadlock and and pop. Um, and most of the time, it works out well. Um, you, you can do one or the other, and it, it'll be for good effect. But uh, having both together is also a really good combo because you have to think the the generator that gets deadlocked. You know, you make your way over to it. Like let's say it's on the other side of the map because it is kind of map dependent. Like on Ormond, it does really well. Um, because Ormond's a huge, huge map. And then you make your way over there. Yeah, you know, you kick it. You now have, on top of Deadlock's 30 seconds of lockdown, you have 20, roughly more, 20, 20 more seconds of regression. Provided, of course, that it's only one survivor working on the generator, which is usually the case most of the time. If they're doubled up on the generator, you haven't bought yourself um, too much time with Pop. It's, you know, maybe it's like, I think, 12 seconds at that point. Because survivors working at gen uh efficiency if there's two survivors on one generator the efficiency is something like 88 percent or 80 percent. i think the build that i like to use is barbecue and chili and i use that for blood points because um i still need to um get perks unlocked on different killers I, I i finished p3 in them a while ago so i have all of the killers in the game to prestige three and i'm working on getting um the rest of them to have all of their uh, like, you know, just a good perk loadout. Because for right now, I think I have about 10, maybe 11 done. Um, and so I still need a, a significant amount of blood points. So I use barbecue and chili, again, for the blood points. And it's it's not as useful as it used to be in this current patch because Shadow Step does uh, obfuscate the, uh, the survivor's aura when you hook somebody. So whether or not you're going to get information out of it, it's kind of up in the air it's it's a little uh it's it's not as, it's nowhere near as strong as it used to be for information but it's still a great perk for the blood points and it's not very meta i not anymore especially but i use barbecue and chili you know like for blood points and then i use um deadlock and bamboozle and corrupt intervention and and deadlock again just for the kind of passive slowdown because i don't like to spend time kicking generators um Sometimes I'll swap it out for pop if uh, if it just serves me better that night. And um, corrupt intervention, of course, makes the blocks off the three furthest away generators and draws the survivors into you. So you, you don't. You, it usually helps you to get you know one or two downs before that your first gen gets done when you're using corrupt intervention, um, <clears throat> and that's really good. Uh, and then bamboozle. What makes that one so good is that. One of the biggest counters to Leatherface is just vaulting a window. And um, survivors who are very, very good at running tiles can make you work very hard for the pallet. Um, and um, if you are unable to mind game them, because there are some survivors out there that are so good, they're nearly never um, exposed in a, in a dead zone. That's... Uh, you just need to shut down the window so that they'll, they'll give you the pallet of the tile and thus making the, the tile now weaker for hopefully the next chase. Um, that's where bamboos will come in effectively. They, it, it does have limited use on like, let's say maybe indoor maps where there's maybe not too many windows like the game because the game only has a few windows with a million pallets. And then um, Larry's where it's like if you bamboozle a window, they'll just run to a different window. Or um, what's another one? Uh, that that one Azeroth map um, where there's the kill shack in the middle and then all of those tiles nearby. Uh, because there's so much tile stacking, if you try and bamboozle a window uh, in one of those tiles, they'll just run into a different tile, which is the counter to bamboozle. But provided that does not happen, bamboozle makes shack chases very short. Um, it will usually most of the time... Uh, benefits you to have bamboozle in some way nice so <clears throat> now that you've just run through your perk build do you have any other perk builds just in case people don't have certain killers unlocked um you can make a somewhat decent meta build without i guess needing too many um other killers uh unlocked or having certain perks unlocked i suppose tinkerer is from the hillbilly right and that's a pretty solid perk even on leatherface um and it allows you to get close to generators uh, when they're about to be done. And, you know, then you can use your chance how to quickly down them. Um, I would say barbecue and chili is always going to be a really good perk. And then knockout, which is already another Leatherface perk, isn't terrible. 
with the right build because Leatherface can actually slug pretty effectively. But Knockout does not work with Leatherface's chainsaw. It has to be with an M1 only. Um, Franklin's Demise, which is uh, if you M1 the survivor, they drop their item, uh, isn't terrible, but it's not my favorite perk. It, it does have some sort of usage, I suppose, now because Built to Last, which is a Felix perk, uh, received significant uh, buffs. So survivors will oftentimes bring toolboxes because it's they can bring a really nice toolbox and then they can charge it to back up to i think like 99 percent, and then like once more to like 33 percent or something something like that so they can get quite a lot of mileage out of a toolbox and it might behoove you to uh to bring that in if you see like too many toolboxes or too many med kits but i'm willing to bet you probably won't see too many med kits nowadays with the new uh healing boons out there so those four perks i described can make a pretty solid build um Granted, that build's not going to grant you much gen regression, which is unfortunate. There is the new, um, what is it called? The Jolt, which is the demo Gorgon perk that they have now made it available in everyone's blood web. Um, that perk is okay, less so on Leatherface because Leatherface, it has to activate from a basic attack, an M1, and Leatherface, you know, should primarily be using his chainsaw ideally. You are going to have to M1 certain survivors, though. Um, so potentially not as useless as it may have been um the clown who um i don't do, do console players get the clown for free i don't believe that they do anyways you can purchase him for about nine thousand iridescent shards and um if if you don't have uh, a good gen regression perk unlocked pop goes the weasel is very solid it'll never fail you right Ruin Undying will fail you even consistently sometimes, but Pop Goes the Weasel will always be there for you. So um, between, you know, roughly speaking, those five or six perks I just named off, you can make a, a, a pretty decent build. Um, but, you know, if, if you want to maintain being, uh, you know, very, very meta, you kind of have to uh, spend some iridescent shards at least because... Um, Hag, you can get, I think console players do get Hag for free. So maybe if if you're on the console um, or you want to spend some iridescent shards to, to get us the killer to get their perks, um, Hag is pretty good. And uh, again, Clown, because he's got Bamboozle, which is good on Leatherface. And then he also has Pop, which is also good on Leatherface. Okay, well, that's great. Um, so every everyone just wants to like have fun and let their hair, hair down from time to time um, when they're playing games even dead by daylight but um what do you do for fun in the game what sort of mean builds do you like to play when you're not taking the game seriously um yeah when i'm not like i guess trying to um 4k consistently uh well the build that i just described usually will let you i mean it, it, it's map dependent of course everything on mmr is very map dependent but that build is, is just a good solid all-around build that lets you get good blood points and that is primarily what you have to kind of play for sometimes but occasionally like a good fun meme build that i have ran um is i i did uh iron maiden which i'll explain i'll explain this build after I, I talk about the perks iron maiden which what that does is if they hop into a locker when they step out of the locker they're exposed then i ran hex crowd control then then i ran um enduring and uh spirit fury and <clears throat> what that build will do is essentially you can just turn your brain off uh, and, and run at the survivor with your chainsaw. And what happens is if they jump into a locker, the common tactic is for a survivor to avoid your chainsaw. They will hop into a locker and uh, you, you can't hit them with your chainsaw. And so what our main does is as soon as they hop out of the locker, they're now exposed. They um, like they just have to hit them with your hammer once and, and you will knock them down from full health. So that is useful for that. But there is a common technique where if you just bump into the locker with your chainsaw um, while the survivor is in it, Leatherface will go into a tantrum. And not many survivors know the timing on uh, the tantrum bump uh, at the locker. So I've only got that right once myself in my whole life. Right, exactly. I find it very difficult. It's see, it's not as difficult as you might think. You have to you have to watch his slashes. So like when when he's tantruming, um, he does four slashes, and then at the end of the fourth slash, he kind of like lifts his head up a little bit and just jump out pretty much when he at the, at the end of the fourth slash, 
and um, we'll get it every time if you do it that way. And uh, anyways, Iron Maiden will counter that. And then Hex Crowd Control makes it so that if they vault a window, the window will just become blocked off immediately. It's it's like a retroactive uh, bamboozle that you don't have to actually actively vault the window because bamboozle, you have to vault the window to shut it down, not with Hex Crowd Control. And then um, Spirit Fury and Enduring are just pretty straightforward in the fact that if you break two pallets, the next pallet that stuns you you uh, will just get broken instantly. And Enduring is just nice to have because instead of taking the long stun of getting stunned by a pallet, you are now, uh, the, the stun is much, much shorter. But um, those are those are just your standard chase perks. So essentially, I just I make Leatherface into just a chasing machine where you can just turn your brain off and you probably don't even have to mind game very much and you can get some downs, provided the survivors mess up and the map is favorable to you. Okay, well, I noticed you... Um Kind of probably wasn't like intentional, but you kind of steered clear from the good old insidious basement bubba. Have you ever indulged in anything like that yourself? And um, and race car bubba as well. I, I personally haven't heard of race car all that much. So could you tell us about that as well? Yeah, insidious bubba. So Leatherface, the, one of the virtues of Leatherface is if you really do want to play kind of scummy and, and abuse the chainsaw, Let's say you you have corrupt intervention, okay, and you 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 down somebody and then you face camp them. Leatherface is the best camper in the game. Literally, no other killer even comes close. People are like, "Well, Trickster's pretty good." No, Trick, Trickster is good, good, good at camping, sure, but nobody's as good as Leatherface. Leatherface will always keep his kill, always, one hundred percent of the time. Um, so if you down somebody before one gen gets done, right, it takes two minutes to camp them to death. And in two minutes, survivors can complete about three to four gens somewhere in that ballpark, um, provided they're already working on one by the time you end the chase and camp out the kill. So in, in that instance, if you then choose to camp the next person that you get downed, or maybe they make a stupid play and you get all of them downed because slug plays are very effective towards the end game, you know, you can conceivably always get two kills per game. Um, Insidious. Leatherface, which for those of you who don't know, uh, or Basement Bubba, is when you go to the basements. Um, so typically people will, will pair that with like Agitation and Iron Grasp and what they'll do, which Agitation is a perk from the Trapper and Iron Grasp is just a generic perk that's available in all blood webs. People will down a survivor and then Agitation and Iron Grasp them down to the basement and put them on the hook and then they'll just use Insidious and sit there. And if the survivor is not on comms with the other survivors, um, survivors will come down to the basement to try and save the hooked survivor because you, Insidious will mask your terror radius and your red stain. And the only thing that the survivor can hear is Leatherface's soft breathing and maybe the murmur of the chainsaw, which is not very audible um, when you're at the top floor of the basement. And they'll walk downstairs and then they'll try and get the save and you rev up the chainsaw and now you have two people in the basement, which is terrible. Terrible for the survivor. Um, and the, one of the most strong parts about Leatherface's camping is that even if you have BT, unless the survivor has sprint burst and borrowed time, they're not going to get away from you. They need both sprint burst and borrowed time, and then they can get away from your chainsaw sweep because with without having any of his chili add-ons, which make him faster when he's chainsawing, Leatherface can um, hit you with borrowed time and then time is tokened well enough. It's not even very hard to chase after you and then down you again with the second chainsaw sweep. So uh, with one, sorry, with one chainsaw sweep, Leatherface can hit you. And you'll take the borrowed time hit and you'll run away and Leatherface can catch up to you and then down you again. So Leatherface will always keep his kill. Always. If, if, if you down somebody during the end game collapse and you put them on the hook and stare at them, nobody's going to come and save you. Uh, it would be stupid if they did because then then they would have to uh, do a hook trade and you could very easily get two downs even if they have borrowed time. So, yeah, Leatherface gets to keep his kill. Then there was Race Car Bubba, which you talked about. And the synergy of Race Car Bubba is that you just eat pallet stuns. And uh, Race Car Bubba is like, it's nemesis and play with your food. And so you eat pallet stuns. And um, when somebody stuns you, uh, they now become your obsession. And when you break the pallet, you will typically lose chase with them and you'll get a stack of play with your food, which play with your food is a Michael Myers perk. And it adds a 5%, five percent, sorry, five percent speed increase uh, 
every token that you have for up to three tokens. You have to work very hard to do that, and it is more of a meme build. But seeing Leatherface run at like 130% movement speed with a chainsaw is frightening. I mean, that'll make anybody uh, hide in a closet. But those are those are two kind of funny builds. And Insidious Leatherface is actually quite potent. Um, there's another streamer. Uh, I won't name him just because people don't really like face campers, but he uh, he did Insidious Leatherface every day for um, months and months and months while streaming. And he oftentimes averaged a three to four K every game. And um, yeah, so sometimes survivors are just, are just too altruistic or don't necessarily know how to play when someone is being camped. Because there, there is a play to, to someone being camped, which is just everybody spreads out and does generators. Don't group up on generators. Everybody jumps to one gen per person and just do as many as you can in two minutes. So this is going to depend on the perks that you use. But as with any killer, a lot of people seem to use the same set of add-ons. So what add-ons do you use and what works well together? And also, what would you say is worth avoiding? Leatherface is lucky in that he has a good number of add-ons that are actually useful. He's got some garbage ones that are just, it's like you can't make use out of it. Um, and then he has kind of the meme ones, which is like speed limiter. Um, a good add-on combination are like, uh, you can stack the chilies, the yellow chili and then the purple chili, which will make you very fast with the chainsaw. Um, it'll make you very fast and you can cover ground quite quickly. Um, because it, it doesn't make your chainsaw faster. It makes your chainsaw sweep last longer, which is excellent for you. Um, a longer chainsaw sweep is, is, is a larger window to, to chase somebody down. Um, you can use it for good effect around loops. Um, yeah, it's just that the two chilies are really, really good. Um, and then he's got some add-ons, like I said, that are worthless, like Speed Limiter or the Carburetor Tuning Guide, which is an iridescent of his. Um, both of those are just absolutely terrible. Carburetor Tuning Guide makes it so that you use all of your chainsaw tokens at once and you don't need to time them. And um, at the expense of you now move slower. Uh, that's worthless. It's terrible. They don't even bother with it. Um, some good add-on combinations are like um, the iridescent flesh, which what that does is when you hit somebody with your chainsaw, it replenishes all of your charges. And if you pair that with like a chili, you can get some insanely long uh, timed uh, sorry, linked together um, chainsaw swims because when, when you're using the chainsaw with no chilies, um, it starts a scoring event called chainsaw sprint. And if you time your tokens absolutely perfectly, um, every token is worth about 30 points in the chainsaw sprint scoring category, which is, is part of the deviousness metric in the game. Um, if you time your tokens perfectly, you can get a maximum of 90 points per chainsaw sweep without any of the chilies. Uh, it's it's hard to do, and I've only done it about maybe three or four times, but getting a scoring event of 90 is, it requires like microsecond perfect timing. You're probably not gonna be able to do this most of the time. Um, if you focus on it, you can probably land anywhere from 85 to 90 or 85 to 89 reliably if, if you're paying attention to when you should release your chainsaw tokens. Um, in the heat of a moment though, when you're like excited and chasing the survivor because you want to get the down, you'll probably do something like 70 or something like that, unless you've practiced a lot. Um, so his add-ons, the chilies are very, very good. Awesome. Good to go. So the add-ons that people usually avoid, but I think is a mistake to avoid depending upon the map are the, the beasts marks and then the, um, the, the knife scratch marks, which are two add-ons that make you faster at the expense of having a longer chainsaw rev. It's very similar to the hillbillies. Um, uh, it is engravings, his doom engravings, and then the other engraving that I forget the name of. Um, but it's it's pretty much identical to them. Um, Leatherface does have a shorter chainsaw than the hillbilly, but um, you know his chainsaw is far easier to use. But they are actually really potent and people don't use them for good effect all the time. Um, they make you very fast when you double up on them. You can catch survivors. Um, you can catch a survivor with sprint burst when you time your tokens without needing them, but you can catch them so much easier with the, the two, uh, those two add ons. 
and it works exceedingly well on outdoor maps. It turns your chainsaw into a mobility tool and a good mobility tool. Um, it makes it difficult to use it around loops, but it's it's not something that you know you shouldn't just never use. If you double up on them, that's kind of a meme because it's it's very difficult to use it around loops and you can't really use it indoors. But pairing it with a chili, that's that's a really good combination when you can get that timing down. I mean, you are so oppressive. You can camp an entire area very well if you want to camp an entire area, or you can catch up to people without needing to be too close to them and down them very well. It's 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 pretty crazy. It's a good add-on combination for sure, um, and not a lot of people do that. Those are his most noteworthy add-ons, are the ones that increase your speed when you're using the chainsaw and then the chilies. Um, and then the iridescent flesh is also quite good, but you probably can't have that every game anyways. So um, his, his other iridescent, though, uh, sorry, the other iridescent, the carburetor tuning guide is just terrible. Avoid that one. Um, and then he's got just some weird ones that like decrease the uh, the amount of revving before you tantrum. That's worthless, terrible. It's, it's not even worth having in the game. Um, he's also got one that like uh, if, if you slam into a wall, the tantrum duration isn't so, you know, dramatic because it is pretty dramatic to get a tantrum. It's similar to being decisively struck or a pallet stun with a pallet break. You know, it, it, it can end chases and the survivor gets, gets a ton of distance and that sucks for sure. Um, yeah, so... Those those are the add-ons that, that I like the most. A good combination that I'll maybe use is I'll use like maybe a green movement at token or add-on, sorry, excuse me, with a chili. And I'll try and pair that just so that I'm very quick and I can use it considerably well ar around um, loops. Although, like I said, on like indoor maps like Larry's or maybe even Raccoon City, it, it'll be a pain in the ass for sure because they nearly always have a window somewhere nearby. Okay, so when going into a match... What strategy do you use, or does it depend on the map and perk? I mean, uh, map and perks will typically dictate your playstyle for some reason. But I mean, well, not for some reason. Usually, it, it, it will do that. Um, the the it's it, it is kind of map dependent though. Um, like on Ormond, I'm fo I'm focusing on my three gen. I'm trying to find my three gen and just defend that from the start. On, um, on Azeroth, that one Azeroth, where you can defend the 3-gen from the start, I try and defend that one. On that one Yamoka, where you can get a 3-gen in main, I try and focus on that. Because at maximum R, it's usually all about the 3-gen if you want a 4k. Leatherface is exceptionally good at defending his territory. Um, yeah, he's probably, he is, I want to say, the best at defending a large chunk of land if you need to do that. Um, Huntress is also really good because she can press her, she can pressure survivors from far away. Um, but I, you know, I would still take the face over Huntress. So if I can defend a three gen, I'll usually try and keep that in the back of my mind. And, um, I don't, I oftentimes don't start out trying to defend the three gen, but when matches are lasting like five minutes long each, if that sometimes you just have to carve out your three gen and put somebody on a hook nearby and hope for the best. Um, you know, like on on like a map that it's like I'm no, I'm going to lose regardless is uh, Cowshed. I Cowshed is one of the most ridiculously overpowered maps in the game. But the general play style is um, try and catch survivors out of position, right? Sneak up on them. Well, you can't really sneak up if you're not using like Tinkerer, but try and try and zone them away from strong areas of the map if you can, um, and and then hope that you get the quick easy downs that you need in the times that you need them. Because again, very map dependent. Um, yeah, but that that's the general idea. And creating dead zones where it's like, okay, all of these pallets are gone. Like like maybe this chase took you two or three minutes. It's like all, all these pallets are gone. And that's awesome. Because um, now the chases are going to not be so long. And hopefully I can end my next few chases and just snowball the game from there. Not really a thing anymore at maximum more. Uh, you usually have about maybe two to three chases before you lose about three Hopefully not four generators. Usually corrupt intervention will help you from losing um, the three to four gens within three minutes. Okay. Everybody has their, their play style that they like to stick to, and most of the time it works out well for them. So do you like to change your play style based on how the survivors play, or do you just stick to your own thing through and through? Well, I mean, with Leatherface, his, his play style is, is relatively um, straightforward. I mean, at, at his core, he's, he's a chase killer. Um, he doesn't uh 
you know, his his power usually most of the time is not used to uh, give him any sort of mobility. Doesn't mean it can't be. Like I said, the chili with the scratch marks, you can be very mobile. But um, if if I if I know I'm going to go against like um, a Swift and they want to take me to like probably Haddonfield or something like that, something where they're going to have an easy time, maybe I'll put on um, like that mo- those mobility add-ons, which is a chili with uh, some sort of scratch mark. Um, that's that's pretty good for getting from tile to tile, but for using the chainsaw inside of a tile, that can be kind of a pain. Um, I will. So the general play style until about the second to last generator is to secure downs, um, maybe press them into an area that I need to go. And the way that you do that is you just put them on the hook and some survivor will come in and you can intercept that guy. And then you put them on another hook and now now they're starting to get off gens and now they're starting to come over and and be more altruistic towards your teammates that's the general way that you're going to be playing killer most of the time when you're about when you're about to like one generator left and it doesn't even mean you have one it doesn't even mean you have one generator that needs to be completed it's about you know you have maybe let's say you're at uh three generators left to be done but two of them you already know are being worked on and probably like 20 seconds away from being done. That's when Leatherface becomes uh, territorial, you might say. Um, that's when I'll begin to say, okay, like what kind of three gen can I establish? And where's the nearest hook so that I can just defend this area? Because camping, I mean, tunneling has always been meta. And I, I try to avoid doing it as much as I can. But um, like I said, games last literally you know, four or five minutes sometimes, and you have to worry about your three gen from the start. So defend the, your territory very, very, um, when, when you have about, like I said, one to two gens left, that's my typically the place to offer Leatherface. You know, get the downs that you can in the early game and then defend your territory, which is to say hook camp um, when you have about one to two gens left. So with the release of boon totems, what do you think to the totem spawns? And do you think they need to be improved? Absolutely. Um, I, you know, maps in general just need a big overhaul, I think, because most of the time my matches are they're I mean, they're pretty much dictated by the map that I get. I know with pretty good certainty what the match outcome is going to be based off of the map. Um, like on Ormond, the totem spawns are horrible. Uh, I, you will lose Ruin Undyne within the first minute at Ormond because... Ormond is a is a stark white map. It's a snow map, and you have the glow of the totem bouncing off of the snow. Not only that, but Ormond gets these stupid tiles, these hill tiles that spawn with a with bones on them, and your your hex ruin can spawn on that hill, and it's absurd. It's obnoxious. And then you 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 can have your your undying spawn in kill shack next to the pallet, and it's like that's some of the worst spawns in the game Get, getting your your hex totem spawned next to a generator should not be a thing getting it spawned in a tile should be very rare getting it spawned in like a jungle gym tile that that should be a very rare occurrence but this is the dorm um the grim pantry is like the only map where it's like okay maybe i can hold on to my hex for maybe you know like let's say two or three minutes or haddonfield too sometimes can be pretty hard the um Badham, it's easy to find hexes. Uh, Coldwind, it's easy to find hexes. Um, Ormond, the hex is just wide out in the open. The game, you know, in, indoor maps, they have an easier time with hexes because it's finding bones is not hard. Or sorry, finding bones is somewhat hard, but yeah, for the most part, most maps are just completely terrible, and you should hope to get about maybe a minute, maybe a minute and a half of ruin and dying each. Well, you probably had you must have had a lot of um, great matches with Bubba being a Bubba main. Um, do you have any like memorable moments that you'd like to share with us? Um, so this is, this was back before MMR. Um, I've had good matches since MMR, but, um, way back when I was just first starting out with Leatherface, um, I was going up against a four man Swift on Ormond and I didn't know that they were a four man. I, I was I was certain that they were, you know, at least probably one or two of them were on comms. They were just very efficient. And it was like, it was one of the first Swifts that I had dealt with that really like uh, almost got the better of me. And that was, you know, in, in part because Ormond is it's a huge map. So um, I realized that they were a four man though. Um, just every time I got somebody off of a generator, immediately someone else would be back on it. Uh, I couldn't slug anybody for more than 
just the duration of, of them needing to be picked up because they are right on top of the heels. And this was before Boons too. So it's like, if I, if I am one somebody just to give them a little bit of pressure and get them away from me for a minute, because I wanted to chase somebody else and they're trying to body block or whatever, um, they would just be healed up instantly. And it's like, those were usually the telltale signs of a four man is it's like, how quickly are they healing? How quickly are they getting back on the gens that I'm trying to pressure them off of? And, um, I mean, now I mostly go up against people on comms or at the very least, you know, they, they all play so efficiently they don't need comms. But uh, way back when I had a game where it was like that and I didn't know it was a four man. And uh, I went up against the survivor and he was he was really good. And I had kind of conditioned him into thinking that I respected palette stuns because as Leatherface, Leatherface does typically respect palette stuns. Uh, because if you get stunned while revving your chainsaw, you don't break the pallet. And Leatherface's whole his strength comes from, you know, pre, people pre dropping pallets and you get to break them. Good survivors don't do that. Good survivors wait, drop it perfectly. You get stunned and then they, you have to kick it and they get even more distance. And, uh, so anyways, I, I had to M1 him because for super, super good survivors and strong parts of the map, you kind of have to M1 them. And, um, he thought I was going to respect the pallet son and he was going to greet it and he was going to try and get another uh, loop around it. And uh, I let the M1 go and I got the down and I put him on a hook because with this point we had like only three gens left and they three gen themselves pretty hard. And I just kept doing hook trading and I won the war of attrition because killers used to win the war of attrition before boons, which we don't really do that anymore now. And that was a pretty good moment. So now that you've mastered Bubba, what advice would you give to new players or even your past self? Um, well, my past self, I didn't know that you could link the chainsaw tokens together until I had like probably, an, I want to say, a hundred plus hours on Leatherface. And then I figured, because I, I would see people on YouTube doing that. And I'm like, how the hell do they do that? And I thought it was an add-on, but it's not. You just have to, uh, you know, link the tokens together well enough where after his third chainsaw sweep, this is a rough estimate, you tap the mouse two again, your power button, and you get the the, the second token. And then the third token, the third and final token. And, um, yeah, that's, uh, you know, that's, I didn't know that for like the first 100 hours, but you know, I, I would say, um, to people just starting out with Leatherface, play him without the add-ons that increase his chainsaw speed and his chainsaw duration. Um, and just try and get good with his base kit. And once you understand his base kit and once you have the timing down pretty well, go ahead and start to venture out with his more fun add-ons because you need that timing down. Um, you need to know when is the best time to use it when they're starting to get to a window. Um, and when can you secure the tantrum bump into the window to get the down? Because a tantrum bump is when you basically you're just back revving, which if a back rev is you're right on top of the survivor and you're letting the chainsaw go. And um, they're about to vault a window, but you are close enough to where when you let the chainsaw go, it will down them when they're on the other side of the window. That is a tantrum bump. And you need to you sh you do need to know that timing if you want to play it like against very good survivors with thousands of hours because they know that timing. And if they know it, you need to know it as well. So that would be my advice. Just play them without those add-ons and learn how to do the tantrum bump. That is very important. Well, I, I cannot tell you how relieved I am to hear that. I'm not the only one that didn't know you could chain the tokens together when I played my first few games. <laughs> yeah. Together. They don't make it too obvious. No, they don't. I need to make it a bit more clearer. So with all the um, sort of different loops there are in the game, you've got your jungle gyms, your L&T walls, and your long four laners and killer shack. What's your favorite tile to play as, Bubba? Um... My favorite talent play is Leatherface. I would say something, uh, you know, I probably, probably Kill Shack just because I can end it really quickly. If, if, if I need to mind game, Kill Shack is pretty easy to mind game. Um, but I, and it usually involves something involving vaulting the window, but that's if I'm not running Bamboozle. But because you run Bamboozle, you just shut it down so quick. And it's usually, it's, it's usually not a very strong tile. Um, that's I, I guess that's just my favorite tile to play as, as other face because I can shut it down so quickly. And I mean, people usually think, OK, I'm kill shack. I'm safe. I'm going to get three vaults to this window. I'm going to give them a pallet. And if that's your first chase with them and they don't know you have bamboozle and you bamboozle the window, you know, they have to give you the pallet or they'll, sometimes they'll try and get greedy with a pallet. Like the cockier survivors, I've noticed that will try and get greedy with a pallet and just they'll do the locker tech and then you just tantrum bump it into the locker and then you can usually get the grab on them. Because again, not many people not many people know that timing on on the tantrum bump. But really excellent survivors um, oftentimes don't do that. Excellent survivors play very safe against Leatherface because they know their teammates are doing generators and they're right. Well, we've we've gone over a little bit about MMR so far um, in this little interview. 
But since it's become a thing in the game, have you noticed a significant change in um, in the level of in the capacity of like the survivors you're going against? Absolutely, yeah, one thousand percent. Back before MMR, red ranks were so varied. I mean, you you could get to the red ranks with let's say a hundred hours of play, you know. And if you have a hundred hours in Dead by Daylight, um, that's not very much at all. That's you're not going to be very skillful as a survivor, and you're not going to be very skillful as a killer. You will get. Um, you're going to get, you know, destroyed pretty much. And that was in many ways kind of what made Dead, made Dead by Daylight um, fun was that, you know, you would have maybe one or two really good survivors per match. Um, and uh, then maybe the other two would be like, you know, kind of just hanging in there and, and you would have an easier time chasing them and they'd make small mistakes and you'd capitalize on that. And uh, it allowed people to go on, you know, very, very long win streaks and i myself before mmr had not lost a game as killer in uh months it had been a very long time and the fact that i am now losing games is good it's it's definitely good that i'm losing games and i do appreciate the fact that i'm losing games but oftentimes it feels like you're losing them for the wrong reasons because it feels unfair um like i said previously mmr and the outcomes of the matches are largely dependent upon the map that you get and the RNG that the map has, because it's like some maps have absolutely unforgiving RNG. The Temple of Purgation is a rough map for RNG because you can you can either get like just a series of three or four strong pallets uh, out in, in front of the, the temple. And you have to break all of them because the survivors are going to loop all of them or you can get no pallets and chasers are going to end quickly or Father Campbell's Chapel, which is a terrible map that needs a, a rework. You can get some insane tile stacking where they just have one jungle gym that works right into the next jungle gym and then they can have infinites in main father campbell's chapel will have infinites um haddonfield haddonfield is i mean it's still disgusting because you've, you've got the house of pain but they they actually did um nerf the infinite on main building you you don't I, you never get the uh the uh the basement in haddonfield you never get that window open next to the basement which is great keep that closed that that's infinite doesn't need to be in the game infinite should not be in the game but the house of pain has been infinite um and then cowshed which is obscene cowshed is is unfair for killer um there are so many god palettes uh that i basically mmr has just kind of made me loathe the maps uh, and the map design um like the gideon meat plant or the game as i keep calling it um that map is obscene it's Creating dead zones for survivors, that used to be a thing before MMR, it's not a thing anymore. Survivors are so efficient with gens that they all just play it safe. They'll, they'll, they pre-drop every pallet if they're not trying to stun you. And, um, you know, you break the pallet and you, you think that you're making these dead zones that's good for you, but you'll, you'll, you're losing generators. So dead zones are, are pretty much not a thing anymore. Um, matches have become predictable in the fact that I usually get about a 2k and then we unless i get the th- unless unless i get the person that's trying to be altruistic it's, it's usually just a 2k though um i i mean i still 4k with leatherface just not as much as i as not as often as i did but the matches are very frustrating because just some maps you can't do anything um and you can lose the game within the first you know minute minute and a half of the match and that's that is so unforgiving um it's it's pigeonholed my builds a lot too like if i'm not running you know, four slowdowns, right? Uh, you're you're gonna lose often. Like when I play Billy, because I love playing Billy. Um, I don't play to win. I just play Billy just to you know land some sick chainsaw curves and, and have fun. Um, the games won Billy last like three to four minutes. Well, not, sorry, not three to four minutes. Three three minutes is too short. They last like four to five minutes, and. You know, you get like the first two, two to three chases out of the way and you're down to one generator, if that. And, you know, survivors, when you're playing by their, their rule book, don't want you to camp and tunnel and all of that. And again, everything that I'm saying is is like map contingent, like the Yamoka maps, are, they're, they're so big that there's it's impossible to pressure the generators that you need to pressure. And if the survivors spread on gens, you're going to lose, you know, you'll, you'll lose three by the time the first chase is done. That happens pretty much every game if you're not running corrupt intervention so corrupt intervention has been a staple of all, all of my builds and it kind of needs to be a staple of all of your builds if you're trying to sweat and get the 4k um 
you know, killers in, in a very weird way right now that we're, we're in a, we, we're, we either have to reframe what a win is and we either, ha- and we have to kind of reframe how it is that we view playing killer. But like the days of getting, you know, 54 Ks in a row, they're kind of over. Anyway, so Bubba's power is all about using his chainsaw to get one hit downs. Uh, when do you think is like the best time to use it when they're sort of out in the open or around curves, around loops? Well, in, unless the survivor messes up massively, they're not going to be out in the open most of the time. They're going to hear your terror radius. They're, they are now, hey, it's Leatherface, play on your toes, and they're going to go run to a jungle gym. So the best time to use it is pretty much when you know you're going to get the down, honestly. I mean, um, and that that's a skill that you do have to acquire. People people talk, you know, and, and if you speak in, in a very abstract term, you can just say Leatherface is easy and simple to use and he's like yeah you know he's easy for new players to get and use effectively but if you want to use him very well for good effect against good survivors there's a decent amount of skill involved landing that chainsaw timing perfectly especially like i said on on tantrum bumping the window that's a skill it's it's not easy um and knowing how to use his chainsaw effectively effectively around loops without clipping some collision that is like almost invisible Again, that is also a skill. He's, he's similar to uh, to Blight and Billy in the fact that you kind of need to know where the collision is. And Hunters too, I guess, in a way. But, um, yeah. Uh, the best time to use his chainsaw is just pretty much when you can get the down and, and learn learning that is 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 difficult um if you're able to find them out in the open hey you know sometimes you get an easy down every now and again and take it absolutely take it um but you kind of have to gauge the survivor like i said super good survivors they're going to make you work for the pallet they're not just going to give it to you for free they're going to want to try and loop you around it so I would say in that scenario, don't rev your chains up and try and sprint at them and try and scare them into dropping the pallet because they know that, if, that they can they can hug the wall tighter than you and they can like loop whatever structure it is that they're looping better than you. Like, let's say it's it's like a pallet nestled in between two rocks. Don't rev the chains on like run at them like, OK, you're going to drop this pallet. And I'm going to scare you into dropping it. Super good survivors. That does not work on what you want to do. Back rev them, back rev them and they're going to stun you with a pallet. And you have to you have to eat the pallet stun and then you break it. So that, that would be just, I guess, a general tip is for really good survivors, you have to back rev them. You're not going to get that sprint uh, that, that that sprint into them and down them. That's just not the way Leatherface is played against, like, I guess, comp level players. So with the plethora of loops, how do you tend to deal with them? And do you find that you often use your chainsaw or just hit them? Um, I mean, it, it depends upon the loop. If the loop is long enough, I will go for the lunge. Yeah, I'll, I'll lunge and M1 them and then we'll find a new loop and then I'll do it again and then we'll down them. And it's like, congratulations, that's how you rob, that's how you rob Bubba of his power. You, you know, you loop a structure. Leatherface is kind of weak around pallet loops in the same way that Billy is weak around, around pallet loops. But getting chainsaw downs around pallet loops is similar to how Billy would get chainsaw down the round loops which is you have to back rev them you have to be right on their back right like pretty much you know you're 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 you can you're touching them and then you begin to use the chainsaw and a good survivor won't let this happen until they're able to stun you so like i said you being able to get the chainsaw down around a survivor looping a pallet probably not going to happen not unless that not unless they mess up in some major way if they're too cocky and they overestimate their own ability or they underestimate you you can make it happen but um, for the most part, really good survivors are going to play it very safe. Well, with the uh, chainsaw tokens, um, while you're using them in chase, do you um, do you use them sparingly and try and save ones you don't think you're going to need, or do you just use all the ones you've got until you've caught that survivor, so you can end the chase as quickly as you can? That yeah, that depends greatly. Um, if so, if I mess up and I let my chainsaw go when. I thought I was closer than what I was and they're able to make the distance. Um, then, then I'll, then I'll stop. I won't like use it to like maybe get around a window and that just be weird and senseless. Um, in, in that instance, like if it's clear to me that I'm not going to get the down with my chance out tokens, yes, the, don't, then don't use it. But you know, if, if you know that you're going to get the down and it's beyond a shadow of a doubt and this survivor doesn't has no pallet or window nearby because even the best survivors in the world are only as good as the nearest pallet or windows. I mean, some of them are good at 316, but honestly, that's not an issue. Um, some survivors have like an endless, you know, amount of hats and that they can pull rabbits out of, but, uh, those guys are, are very, very rare. Um, 
in the instances that you're going to get the down, go ahead and just burn through all the tokens. It's fine. It's not an issue. They replenish, they replenish pretty quick. You know, you're going to get them all back probably by the time. I mean, you're definitely going to get them all back by the time you hook the survivor. But um, in, unless you're going to get the down, there's no point in just burning all the tokens. You can do it for distance sometimes, but the fatigue state that you endure after the chainsaw sprint can um, can make the amount of distance that you gain somewhat negligible. Um Unless you're like, unless you're using the proper add-ons, like I described, the ones for distance. Um, yeah, so go, go, pretty much just go for broke if you're gonna get the down. Absolutely, waste them all, go for it. But uh, I don't, don't try and like, okay, so you're chasing a survivor, use the chainsaw, but he vaulted like the kill shack window. I'm just gonna use the chainsaw to get around to the other side of the window a little bit quicker. Don't do that. That's just, it's a bad idea. And to finish off, if you can make any tweaks to Leatherface, what would they be? Um, hmm, that's a good question. You know, I think Leatherface is actually fine where he is. Uh, I, if I could, if I could change some of his add-ons, I would do that. I wish they would, you know, make make some of the 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 worthless add-ons, like the tantrum ones, make them useful in some way. Maybe. I don't know. I mean, I, I'm sure they have good ideas, but I, if I can make one significant change to him, I change to him because he's already very strong. He's quite strong. Um, what I would do is I would, I would make it so that he has more faces available to him in the game. Um, more of the faces that you can unlock when you kill 25 of some survivor, like, you know, 25 aces, 25 Elodies, 25. Uh, Yunjins, you know, then you can unlock the Yunjin face. I think that'd be fun to have like her white hair with her lipstick stretched over Leatherface's face. Okay, well, thank you very much for joining us for this interview. We really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. Yeah, we'd love to have you here, John. All right, thanks. If you have listened to the end, we would like to thank you. If you want to hear more interviews like this, then please subscribe. This interview was recorded on patch 5.3.0. I would like to thank John Tyomi for the interview, myself, Jamie Lee Zouquet, and Tofa for co-hosting the interview and for being a part of the intro. Any links will be in the description of the podcast and we look forward to you hearing the next one.